Here we go. All right, Miles. So I have you on today because I want to talk frog fishing with you, and I heard you're a frog fishing expert. Uh, I don't know if I'm a frog fishing expert, but I'm a frog fishing enthusiast. So I guess that's just as good. <laughs> good deal. But before we do that, first, congratulations, sixth place in the super you. tournament. That, that's pretty good, huh? That was. I, I cannot complain. And the the best thing about it wasn't just the top ten. It was the fact that. It was a top 10 on a lake that's been one of my most challenging lakes. In fact, that's the reason we moved here to Side Daisy, Tennessee, is to learn Chickamauga and the, the TVA Lake. So I've been pretty, pretty happy with that finish. Good deal. Yeah, I was rooting for you the whole time. I saw you were, you were inching closer and closer. You were getting there. But and I mean, that's, that was a big field to actually to compete against. And how, how did you feel about that? There was some kind of reservations about some people wanting to include the the uh the bpt is on there but how did you feel about actually fishing against them i actually really liked it i was i was a big big fan of of uh including the the mlf anglers you know with with everything that happened with covid and the shutdowns and everything it could have gone a completely different route you know and and uh we not only uh survived that period of time but because of the changes, we're thriving. Um, I think that that really that this is this this tide has risen all the ships involved. Uh, we've got better payouts. We've got a uh, a strong. I mean, the the field was already strong with the the pro circuit, but the the fact that we've got the guys coming from the BPT over, um, you know, it makes us more. Uh, it, it makes us have to earn it, you know, and and work hard for it. And I'm a big believer in fishing against the the strongest field possible. So mm -hmm. I was really happy to hear about that. And when you do good, you know, people tend to take uh, more notice of it because it's it's against such a strong field. And uh, and then we also have more coverage. So overall, I mean, I, I'm just really, really happy with it. How can you not be happy about earning more, uh, you know, getting more exposure and fishing against the, the best in the country? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So, what are you got? What are y'all gonna do about Jacob Wheeler? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, dude, he he earned, he straight up earned it. But you know, he's gonna have to earn every single event. He's he's oh, yeah. just like anybody else. You know, you have to earn it in every event. This lake tends to really just uh, fall into his wheelhouse. He tends to understand these fish, and there's a lot that you have to 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 learn out here. And if every Every angler out there has a lake that tends to fit their their style of fishing. John Cox is also one of the guys that that really yep. tends to just understand it out here. Um, but um, you know what? He's he's definitely going to have to earn it. At Lacrosse and and the Detroit River coming up too. So um, you know he 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 definitely uh, did a great job out here. And and I knew after the first two days that he was going to be really really hard to catch. But mm. um, yeah, it's uh, he 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 won this tournament by a huge margin. <laughs> yeah, well, you did good yourself, sixth place. Got you a decent check, uh, some good points for AOI. So so you're sitting pretty right now. Yeah, we're looking good, man. It's tenth in points, and uh, it's not just the placement, but it's 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 how close we are to you know the top five. Um, and and angler of the year isn't out of the the question either at this point. Mm -hmm. 
Um, uh, Ron Nelson is is going to be extremely hard to catch um, because we're going to his wheelhouse, Northern Fisheries. Um, it, you know, uh, Mississippi River may be a place where I can actually catch up a little bit because it may fit my style. Um, and he doesn't have uh, any experience that I know of there. So uh, it's not necessarily just going to be given to him. Um, but I'm looking forward to, to, to the next couple events. I've never really fished the Great Lakes in, in a tournament format. So that's kind of a wild card for me. But uh, I like going to places I don't have a lot of experience on. I feel like I fish a lot better, uh, a lot in the moment. So It's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see what's going to happen. These super tournaments are extremely exciting. So the field is just so so competitive that you, you, anything can happen. Right. So. Right. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But let's talk some frog fishing because yeah. like I say you are the, the frog fishing expert. So Z-Man came out with some uh, frogs, the leap frogs. Is it the leap frogs or leap frog Z? No, it's leap frogs. Leap so frogs pretty much, case. yeah, all of their baits, you know, the, the Z is just, you know, it just, it's, you don't pronounce it by itself. It's just gotcha. part of the word. Yeah. Good job. Well, you got some new ones. They got a popping in the walking version. Um, I picked up a couple yeah. myself. So we want to try them out test them out this one day. So what I'm gonna do is I'm actually spend the whole day with a frog and rod, a couple of frogs. I'm just gonna go frog fishing all day long. Sweet. Day in from, from daylight to, to sundown out there frog fishing. They can pick up anything else. But right. I'm not a frog fisherman. And I'm, I hate to say that I live here in Florida, but I'm not a frog fisherman whatsoever. Right. So I want to pick your brain. So my first question I have is with these new, new leap frogs by Z Man, what makes them special and unique? So what makes them special is how how they've, you know, when somebody comes out with a new bait, they try to overachieve with with the uh, with the design and try to make some, you know, add some things that ne aren't necessarily helping the cause, and uh, and 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 they actually end up going backwards. They end up, uh, you know, uh, making a, a product that's overcomplicated. And doesn't really have the features that that end up resulting in uh, catching more fish and getting them in the boat. And Z-Man did a really good job. They took a proven profile of that hollow body frog. They they looked at it and they said which qualities, which aspects of this frog uh, need to be you know uh, uh, paid attention to, and which ones do we not really want to uh, to really uh, get to in depth with and really what separates this frog is two things for me really um the first thing is the the keel it, it, to me it has what i call a deep v hole you know for yeah. for a frog it's got a very deep v um, type of keel and what that does is it allows you to walk that bait a lot easier than most baits out there and uh and that is really really key for for a frog a lot of frogs are a little bit more difficult to walk have that side to side walking action but the leap frogs has a really really uh, good design for that and the other thing i really like about the frog is we're talking about over complicating uh frogs and 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 bait design and that is the color schemes that they have they chose uh you know a handful of colors that work really really well in a variety of different situations and the one thing that they paid attention to is not over complicating the bottom color so they have very subtle color uh, uh changes on the bottom i I've, i can't tell you how frustrated i've been with frogs in the past where it looks great on the top it's beautiful on the top but then you get to the bottom and they just add all these complex colors that do not fit what i want 
uh, and a frog. So you look at the, the bottom of the Z-Man, uh, you've got a white bottom, you've got a yellow bottom, you've got a black bottom and, uh, and some di other different variations. But in, in general, those are the three colors that I want to see. I want to see, I want to see white for, for when I'm targeting fish that focus on shad. I want to see a black for, for, uh, you know, especially uh, fishing through really heavy matted vegetation. And then I want to see something that has some yellow cues, but not too bright yellow. I want that very kind of uh, subdued yellow that they have in like the old school frog color. Um, and that kind of imitates the bluegill and things like that. So uh, between the, the color schemes that they have that they're spot on and that that deep V keel, um, those are the two things that I think really stand out. And of course, they got a really good, strong hook in it. Um, they've got a, a little kind of vent in the back where the hooks kind of come out that allow that, that bait to drain um, and, uh, and get all that water out. And just overall, that between those things, uh, those are my favorite aspects of that leapfrogs. Okay. So there's two versions of it. There's a walker and a popper. So right. when do you walk it? When do you pop it? Ooh, good question. And, and another thing it also is they come in two different sizes, which are really cool too. The two different sizes are, are, are legit. You know, the two, the two and a quarter size mm -hmm. is super cool because there's not a lot of frogs. You either got one that's too big or too small. And, uh, and, and with this, you got the two seven five, which is your traditional size. And then the two twenty five, which is incredible for, for just downsizing enough to where you still have the same actions in, and a, a, you know, a regular bait fish size profile, but it's, uh, it, it is a lot smaller, um, but, uh, not too small. But, let's, let's stay on that for a quick second. So how would you decide which one you're going to throw? Are you looking at the bait fish that's available and then you're trying to match the size right. to that? It, it, it's it's uh, a, a multitude of different factors. But really what I look at is, number one, the bait fish that these fish are feeding on and then the thickness of the cover. The thicker the cover, the bigger bait you want to use just so you can have that fish track that bait through the through that cover so if i'm fishing matted grass real dense matted grass maybe there's some algae on the surface that's when i'm going to go for the 275 all the time i mean i'm not going to go any smaller on dense uh vegetation because i want that bait to be big enough to uh indent in that in that grass so the bass can track it through that grass um however if if i'm fishing in open water and, and uh, you know, really trying to match the hatch, that's when I get real specific as far as the size, the size, either fishing small or fishing big. And the great thing is that that, that both of the, the popping model and the walking model come in the 225 and the 275 um, uh, sizes. So, and then when it comes to where I, I choose one or the other, popping, it, it all has to do with staying in the strike zone. OK, and there's sometimes I want that bait to move out of the strike zone really, really fast. And there's sometimes I want it to stay in that strike zone and the strike zone. The way that I'm, I'm kind of uh, using it um, is essentially the distance that the fish is willing to to move to to eat that bait. It's, it's sometimes it's a lot bigger. Sometimes they'll move long distances to go eat a bait and sometimes it's smaller. And uh, and, you know. Uh, in this last tournament on Lake Chickamauga, the final day, I, I picked up the frog and, and I knew that the conditions were great, 
But the, the one thing that was unfortunate about it was the fact that we had some of the best frog fishermen fishing the same areas and have already, you know, pressured these fish. And so I had to do something a little bit different. And in this situation, you know, we had clear water. The grass wasn't really dense. It was just this kind of like thin, isolated pond weed. And, uh, and then we had those, those pressured fish. And so I knew that I wanted to fish it very, very quickly to move it through that strike zone faster because I wanted that fish to have to make that split second decision on whether or not it was going to eat that bait um, without, you know, being able to, to be, a, you know, skeptical of that bait and look at it and, 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 you know, pick out, you know, just make that decision really, really quick is what I wanted those fish to, to do. And it worked really, really well because as fast as I was moving that bait, I was, I mean, as, as fast as I could, that's what was triggering those strikes and, and uh, allowing me to, to catch those highly pressured fish. And on the other side of the spectrum, when I'm really wanting to slow down, that's when I go to the popping version because the popping version, because it has that concave mouth, it limits the forward motion of that bait. So it essentially, every pop, you know, that you make with the rod tip, it will walk side to side, but it won't move forward much. So it doesn't have a whole lot of forward progression. And, uh, and so the pop and frog is great for those situations where you want that bait to stay in the strike zone for a longer period of time, such as during the spring when they're spawning around isolated cover, um, when you've got cold fronts moving through, maybe it's dirtier water, you know, murkier, murkier dirtier, more tannic stained water where those fish, you know, need a little bit more time to be able to, to uh, locate the bait and, and attack it. And then, uh, and then in the, the other situation we already talked about, clear water, highly pressured fish, those where the fish are highly active, um, that's when you want to use the, the walking version and move it a little bit faster. Good deal. Good information. We got to take a quick commercial break, fishing folks, but we'll be right back with today's guest. Stay tuned. Football? Nah. Baseball? Did it. Motocross? Got hurt. I choose to fish. And fish. And fish. Hi everybody, I'm Kelly Jordan. I'd like to show you the RTD. What is the RTD? RTD stands for Rod Threading Device. This is a tool that helps you put line on your rod, threads your string through your fishing guides on your rod quick, easily, and it saves you a bunch of time, which gives you more time to be on the water, enjoy fishing, less hassle. Let's attach our line, put it through the hole in the little line connector, give a slight tug to seat it, then you let it go to work. And <laughs> you are done stringing your rod. It's that easy. RTD would make a great gift for that fisherman that you know that has everything. They don't have an RTD and they need one. 
This old dude down at the flea market tried to sell me wench for a couple hundred bucks. I said, no dice. Give me an ugly stick and a pair of boots. Got it! Yeah! Ugly stick. Sensitive, so you don't have to be. Now, we've talked about size, color, um, how to work it, where to work it at. But there's a big thing that a lot of anglers do with their frogs that uh, a lot of people don't talk about, and that's modifications. Yeah. When do you trim the skirts? When do you uh, open or close the hooks? Uh, what kind of modification do you use to maximize the effectiveness of the actual frog? So it depends on the day, but generally I always trim the skirt in some form or fashion. Usually the skirts are, are quite a bit longer than they should be. The longer the skirt, the less side-to-side -side action you're going to get, the, the ease of side-to-side -side action. Um, you know, so I like to cut the skirts quite a bit. I'll leave about, I don't know, uh, it, on my walking frogs in open water, I'll leave about an inch and a half, maybe two inches. And on one side, I might trim it about a half inch shorter than the other side that'll allow me to kind of get a really good easy side to side action and uh and then if i'm fishing a, a frog over dense matted vegetation i'm not talking about maybe you know some pads where there's still open pockets and stuff or you know where there's um you know thinner vegetation like that pond weed that i faced here at chickamauga um i'm talking about real dense matted hydrilla, milfoil, anything that maybe has that, that uh, algae on the surface um, that's really, really dense. That's when I cut down the, the, the legs almost to nubs. I mean, there might be just an eighth of an inch left on those, those, uh, on those skirts. And it really, at that point, all, all it's really doing is keeping, uh, keeping those holes, those leg holes plugged up so they don't fill up with as much water. Um, but I don't want those legs inhibiting those fish from finding the body of that bait where the hooks are uh, in those type situations. So I'm going to cut it to cut those those legs down the nubs. And I got frogs that are just for mat fishing and I got frogs that are just for for um, uh, open water fishing, because once you fish, a, you know, modify a frog for a mat, it's pretty much a mat frog for the rest of its life. And so uh, I do the either or. Um, and, uh, another thing that I like to do is when I'm fishing mats, again, we're trying to get that bait to kind of compress that mat a little bit without like, you know, sinking through it. Mm -hmm. Um, but the more that you can create it like a little channel, you know, when you're pulling that frog through, through a grass mat, if it's creating that, that trail, that frog trail, that's what you want to see. And so I want to add a little bit weight of weight to that frog. And sometimes I'll carry some just little, you know, daisy BB gun BBs with me. And I'll add some of those to the point where it does kind of compress that mat. It sinks into that mat just a little bit. Yeah, that's good information. I've never heard anybody put BBs or actually weigh down the frog a little bit more. So I it might worked. keep that handy. Good deal, good deal. <laughs> now, you gave me quite a bit of information. Last thing, rod, reel, line. Is it well? Let's we'll backtrack. The hooks, getting yeah. a proper hookup ratio or a better hookup ratio. Do you do anything to the hooks? I heard people say they, you know, they pull them out a little bit, push them in a little bit, they keep them from snagging, or you know, there's different things people do. So, right. is there anything that you do to modify the hooks? 
I found that the so, so the 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 leapfrogs, if you look at it, one of the great things about it is that because it has that deep V hole, um, that keel, it's kind of a wide, a deep frog. So that that hook actually has a, quite a bit of bite, and it's a really soft frog. So I really haven't had a situation where I had to straighten out the hooks, you know, just a little bit um, on the leapfrogs. With other frogs I've used, I've definitely had to lift the 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 hook just a little bit. Um, to, to, but then you run the risk of snagging on all yeah. kinds of grass and ruining a cast. So I really don't tend to, to bend the hooks as much. There's a lot of, of frog gurus out there that, that do that. Um, but if you have the right frog that has the right type of gap and the, and the soft enough, uh, body that compresses really well, you're not going to have to do as nearly as much of that. Um, so I, I don't do a ton of that, but if you are having problems with the hookup ratio, every once in a while, it'll help by bending out the hooks just a little bit, not, but not a lot. I'm talking just a fraction of, you know, a fraction of an inch, just moving it up. Good deal. All right. So on to rod real line, is there yeah. anything special? Everybody's going to say a, a, a heavy action rod, you know, um, 65, 50 to 65 pound braid. Right. Um, you know, high gear ratios, real. Is there anything different that you do that you look for in your 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 arsenal? Yeah, the frog is 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 such a versatile bait that you can't use one setup for everything. I'm a big firm believer in that. When I'm mat fishing, that's when you use 65 pound tests, uh, a cigar, you know, smackdown is what I use. Uh, you need 65 pound tests if you're mat mat fishing. Okay, and and you're going to want to get a, a a rod that is at a minimum a seven three. I like to use a seven six heavy action rod. It's uh, it's called the the Okeechobee rod from uh, Fitzgerald Fishing. And that rod is great because it's got a ton of backbone. Uh, it's made for grass fishing, and it's also got a little bit of a tip, so I can actually cast that bait longer distances and be more accurate with it, which I really like. And so for mat fishing, it's all about that, that, that stiffer, almost flipping stick style rod, uh, 65 pound test braid and a high gear ratio reel is pretty much the, the only component is that high speed gear ratio reel that's consistent across all of them. Um, I like to use, there's a new reel from Fitzgerald called the VLD 10. Um, and it's got a high speed gear ratio in the left-handed model, which I'm, I use left-handed reels. And so I use that 8.1 to 1 gear ratio reel um, for my frogging because I like to be able to make those really long casts and then reel it in really fast when I get out of the area that I think the fish are in. And, uh, and so I use a high-speed gear ratio reel for all of my frogging. But so now we've talked about the kind of the setup for, for mat fishing, that really dense vegetation. Let's talk about like what I used here at Chickamauga. Um, I was fishing more open water situations um, you know, which, and so I'm not considering that pond weed really, really super thick. It was mm -hmm. thick enough to it, where it created a canopy, but there was still a lot of holes in it. And it was, it wasn't like a dense matted grass flat, you know, that you'd see. Yeah. Um, so I was using a lighter setup. I was using 50 pound test, uh, a cigar braid. I was using that high speed gear issue reel, but the rod was a little bit different. Uh, I used a, a 7.3 medium heavy Stunner HD rod, um, which is more of a worm rod. It's it's a really good all around bass fishing rod. But the reason I wanted that lighter action rod 
and a slightly shorter rod for that open water grass was because I wanted to be able to impart better action to it. And uh, that softer tip on the medium heavy really allowed me to, to make those really quick movements and get that consistent side to side action. And, uh, and also having a, a, a slightly shorter rod and a softer action makes it a lot more accurate. And when I'm trying to cast at those little isolated patches of grass, that was the key. Good deal. It's good to hear because I'm, I'm one of those people who are, I feel like I'm alone half the time because I use a medium heavy rod for, right. I, mean, I do go frogging quite often, but I want to be a little, and it's short, it's about 7172, but I like to be able to cast where I want to cast, you know, make those fine, fine tuned cast and right. and skipping where I want to skip it. So it, it, it's so much more versatile. But when I get into that heavy matter vegetation, I got to use that heavy action rod. But right. outside of that, I, I prefer a medium heavy. And people look at me like I'm stupid all the time. You know, you're frog fish on a heavy, <laughs> medium heavy. And I'm like, it, it works for me. So you you just validated my my thought process a little bit more. So I appreciate that. It's it's all about, and I, and I even go a little bit in the middle too. It's all about the conditions that you're faced with at that particular moment and what you're trying to do with braided line you can really get a good solid hook set even with those really thick hooks that that the leaf frog has with with uh minimal you know backbone on a on a uh, on a rod you don't want to go any lower than uh, a medium heavy i'll say that right off the bat but as far as a a seven three medium heavy that's more than sufficient with braided line to get a good solid hook set and keep those fish pinned up Another thing that I would mention is like if if you're faced with something that's kind of in the middle, a situation where you're fishing like I'm going up to the La Crosse, Michigan uh, or Wisconsin for the uh, for the, the next FLW Super Tournament, that is going to be on the Mississippi River and we're going to have a lot of duckweed. Duckweed isn't necessarily and there's, you know, grass underneath it, too, but it, it's not necessarily going to be real super thick but it's also not going to be as thin as we saw at chickamauga so i'm probably going to go with something like a, a 7.3 heavy where i still have a shorter rod for better action but i still have more backbone to get those fish in the boat so you really want to match the rod to the conditions that you're faced with um, but there's a lot of different rods that you can use for frog fishing Good deal, good deal. Well, Maz, I do appreciate you coming on and giving us some information about frog fishing because, like I said, I'm not a, the biggest frog fisherman, so I, I know how to do it, but I don't know, you know, to, to, to successfully complete this challenge, I have to, you know, rely on a little bit more information from an expert like you, so I do appreciate right. it. No problem, and just remember, speed is, is one of the biggest factors when walking these baits, you know, and, and being successful, you know, here at Chick, I was, I was fishing it as fast as possible. My shoulder was wearing out. And, uh, so if you're not catching them, moving it real slow, you know, go to the other end of the spectrum and then kind of work your way, you know, into the middle from there. Uh, but, uh, sometimes you have to move it extremely fast and do something that's kind of unconventional. Good deal. Good deal. Well, Miles, you're a Z-Man pro, you know, you, Z-Man products, they kind of fit my wheelhouse of my thinking process. You have a new Jake's, Jake head coming out with the, right. you know, the kill weight. Those, I love those. I can't wait to get my hand on some of those. But no, in your opinion, what are some lures that people are underestimating from Z-Man? Thanks that I should be going there looking at and saying I should be fishing with that. I'll tell you right off the bat, nobody's underestimating the jackhammer. 
no. <laughs> you know, no. or the chatterbait <laughs> line or the mm-hmm. Nedrig line. But there's one bait that I've made more money on the last two years that that people are underestimating, and that's the the mag fatties. The the material, the elastic material that Z-Man is is utilizing for these baits is so well suited for bottom bouncing tactics um, that it's it's incredible to me that more people don't fish it. So the mag fatties is a bigger um, you know worm. It's a straight tail worm. It's got a thicker body. And that thing on a Texas rig is just one of the most, uh, you know, successful baits out there uh, for for just, you know, slowly fishing it on the bottom. And I've used it down in Florida. Florida is a great place for it because those Florida bass love that straight tail uh, profile. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've used it all around the country and I've made, you know, probably 30 or 40 grand off of it, you know, in the last two years. So that bait right there, the mag fatties and the other worms in their lineup, because they they are so buoyant, they float off the bottom. They're so soft, so they 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 have a lot of action just by themselves, um, and they're so durable. I can use one pack for an entire tournament. I think that those are underestimated, and uh, and definitely shouldn't be. Uh, but you know that's fine if if people want to use other baits i'll keep on raking in the money with the with the the elastic ones there you go well i think i got a couple of packs of mag fatties up there on the wall somewhere so i'm gonna <laughs> whip them out and, and test them out and hopefully i can have you back on we can talk some more about them oh i would love to be back i, I really appreciate you bringing me on this time no problem I, I do appreciate you coming on and taking some time out but until next time man good luck if i don't talk to you before you go to wisconsin uh i'll be uh following you and making sure you you know you're you're doing what you do up there Perfect, man. I appreciate it, man. I bet it. We'll talk to you soon. Definitely, man. I appreciate it. I'll see you. Take care.